Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Periodical Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, and as always, I've got Tavis here. Howdy ho. And we can't wait to bring you guys another episode. This week, we'll be discussing Brent and West Texas Intermediate Price Spreads, that's going to cover the content in this week's periodical that I released this past Wednesday, October the 14th. But enough of this, let's get into it. So the price spread between the world's most traded crude oil blends and the most actively traded commodities in the world generally track one another, but divergences often reflect technical, supply and demand, or geopolitical issues. Technical issues can include lifting in transportation costs, while geopolitical issues mainly involve exporting crude to the Asian markets, where Brent and West Texas Intermediate crude benchmarks compete. But a little background. Brent originates from oil fields in the North Sea between the Shetland Islands and Norway, where WTI is sourced from U.S. oil fields primarily in Texas, Louisiana, and North Dakota. Both are light and sweet, so they are ideal for refining into gasoline. But Brent transportation costs are significantly lower because it is produced near the sea, while WTI is mainly produced in landlocked areas, making transportation costs more onerous. Now, there has been a trend due to advancements in oil drilling and fracking that WTI prices actually trade cheaper than Brent crude oil. Now, prior to the American shale revolution back in 2011, when the U.S. began to significantly increase production, Brent crude tended to chart very closely to WTI and sometimes it'd actually be cheaper. But since that point, a divergence has begun. Now, theoretically, if crude oil was based solely on global supply and demand principles with the same market conditions, the price spread between the two should remain constant. However, because of recent technical advancements, supply and demand imbalances, and geopolitical influences, the spread between the two blends is actually closing once again after years and years of remaining apart. So let's wind back the clocks here, eh? Over the course of history, the gap between Brent crude and WTI blends has grown, shrunk, crossed paths, and even reversed again countless times. That being said, there has been an established trend between the two. Through the end of Q1 2007, the spread between the two remained in lockstep, alternating from time to time but always hovering near $2 per barrel, with WTI typically taking a premium. During quarter two of 2007, Brent took a premium over WTI before the two again remained in near-perfect lockstep through the end of 2010. Now, at the start of 2011, the spread blew wide open with Brent taking a $10 to $25 barrel premium to its higher-grade counterpart until Q1 2013. Now, that spread widened during 2011 with Brent trading at a premium compared to WTI around the time that the Arab Spring began in Egypt in February of 2011. Basically, fears concerning the closure of the Suez Canal and basically a lack of available supply, it caused Brent crude oil to become more expensive than WTI. But as tension eased over the canal's operation, price differential began to reduce. But in late 2011, the Iranian government threatened to close the Straits of Hormaz, through which approximately 20% of the world oil production flows each day. And once again, the spread widened as Brent soared to a $25 per dollar premium to WTI. What we saw was the initial spike that occurred in 2011 was geopolitical and it drove the differential to new heights. But the premium for Brent dropped in 2015 due to an agreement struck with Iran that allowed the country to export more oil. It increased the amount of Iranian crude flowing to the market on a daily basis, but since Iran prices its oil through Brent, it depressed the commodity price. In addition, U.S. rid counts dropped during about the same period, and the removal of restrictions for exports on U.S. crude 
in December of 2015 meant more U.S. production on the global market. Uh, essentially, Brent prices dove as more Iranian crude reached the global market, while WTI jumped because of falling U.S. production and increased exports. So, the dramatic moves in the spread during 2015 were largely influenced by global supply and demand constraints with support from technical hindrances. With the wild price swings of April 2020, the spread has once again narrowed so much that WTI actually has the possibility of overtaking Brent's premium in the near future. So let's talk technical advancements, more specifically, transportation and pipeline constraints. In 2015, a surge in U.S. shale oil production led to constrained pipeline capacity, which limited the ability to move oil to the coast for export, which caused a fall in WTI price relative to Brent and a surge in the Brent WTI spread. When pipeline space is constrained, exploration and production companies compete for scarce pipe capacity by cutting prices to obtain access. Since it is a localized issue, this weighs on WTI prices and not those of Brent, with the result of widening the spread. As new pipeline capacity became operational, WTI got a lift in price, leading to a narrower spread during a convergence in 2015 through 2016. Price differentials again begin to expand, with Brent holding nearly a $10 per barrel premium for almost a year beginning May 2018, largely due to pipeline constraints. Since transportation costs greatly increased during that time, WTI was down as a rush of shale production continued to compete to enter the market. Many of those constraints were eased in the fourth quarter of 2019 as additional pipelines from the Permian Basin to refineries and export terminals on the U.S. Gulf Coast became operational. When transportation costs are driven down as a result of additional domestic pipeline capacity, WTI prices are boosted and the spread closes. So this is something that we've actually been talking about for a while, maybe not so directly in this topic, but we've brought up the pipeline protests. And what happens is if people are protesting these pipelines and these projects are getting halted or worst case scenario shut down, it does decrease that capacity, increasing the likelihood that someone may not have the ability or the storage to get their crude into the pipe, leading to them lowering those prices to increase the incentive to have their oil in the pipe, which will only further increase that Brent WTI spread. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what we're seeing right now with depressed production in the United States is there's really no pipeline constraints. So transportation costs are just driven down like crazy. It makes sense. But as soon as domestic production comes back online and, and if a lot of these projects get canceled, we're going to see those constraints happen again. And it's it's kind of a lose-lose situation for at least domestic operators. Oh yeah. Considering this factor right now, it is best case scenario. Prices are best case because I think I was reading yesterday that there's 3 million barrels per day worth of empty pipelines around in the Permian. So if that stuff does fill up, then that factor will, again, lower those prices. And they're already not that great, as I'm sure all of you know. We just touched on it, but another major factor in the tightening Brent WTI spread since the dramatic spike in April of 2020, it's been from global supply and demand constraints. Since OPEC uses Brent as their pricing benchmark, the pricing mechanism dictates the value of roughly two-thirds of the world's crude oil production. This means OPEC and its allies have the ability to influence oil prices for those oil volumes outside of a free market setting since they have a plan in place to reduce production through April 2022 and attempt to curb the global supply-demand balance. We've talked about this plenty before, um, and it's going to continue, like I said, through April 2022. And with the United States controlling over 10% of global supply, OPEC and the United States combined account for about three-quarters of the globe's production. 
As a result, Brenton WTI prices have begun to come together since a narrow spread indicates a tighter balance of supply and demand. Hold up, hold up. So the opposite also remains true, if I'm not mistaken. And we saw this when the spread hit an all-time high in 2011 because U.S. supplies boomed, but the market demand remained light. Is that true? No, that's absolutely true. And that's when that spread widened. So as we see the spread coming closer and closer together, which we're seeing right now, it's I think today it was at, you know, 40-something cents. I mean, it's it's a super tight spread. So as that spread is getting closer and closer together, it means there's there's a tighter balance of supply and demand. So um, as that spread gets closer and closer to zero, it is a, a good indicator that, you know, global supply and demand is in balance, and, and that's a good thing. But now for the kicker. Even with the support of OPEC controlling production from some of the world's most powerful producers— there is a possibility that the spread could reverse in the near future. Looking back, the spread collapsed in 2016 when the U.S. removed their oil export ban. The premium for Brent prior to that year existed as a result of surging shale output that ended up trapped in the U.S. because of a ban on crude exports. Once the United States exports reopened to global borders, the spread shrunk through 2017. Essentially, in 2016, the wide price differential led to a surge in exports and as the gap between WTI and Brent shrank, a rebalancing of crude sourcing eventually put a ceiling on exports. A similar rebalancing act is occurring today as China has been shifting where it imports crude. Now, earlier this year, China actually agreed to buy U.S. crude as a part of a really a broader deal meant to ease the rising trade tensions between the, these two powerhouses, really. The Trump administration agreed to cut some tariffs on Chinese goods in exchange for purchases of American farm energy, and manufacturing exports. And as a result, the United States accounted for 7% of Chinese crude imports through mid-September, up from less than half of a percent in January. With the United States opening the door to new export opportunities, the price of WTI is further supported from increased demand. But the growing entrance into China, who, by the way, is the world's largest importer, it eliminates others from the market, meaning as demand increases in the United States, it's falling in many other countries. All right, so some quick numbers for you based on recent tanker data. U.S. exports to China are expected to reach as much as 700,000 barrels per day at the end of October and may stay that way for some time since Beijing already agreed to purchase $52.4 billion worth of oil and LNG gas from the United States by the end of 2021. Now, some analysts actually suggest that after China had to retool their plants to process U.S. grades, they may actually continue buying crude oil into the future. And a foothold into the Chinese market gives U.S. shale companies an outlet that had really previously been closed off when the trade fight was in full swing last year, and it also gives them a leg up on other global producers. The result could see a shift in the price spread between the world's most traded crude blends in the near future, with the possibility of WTI actually beginning to outperform Brent. Man, is that exciting. And when you think about, well, potential election, let's say Biden gets elected and then a lot of people, well, a lot fewer operators are producing oil, just further increasing the premium that you can ask for WTI, just how high could this theoretically go? And that's the thing. It's it's it's. It's a very interesting dynamic that we're seeing right now. You know, Brent has pretty much always traded at a premium to WTI, but now that the spread is so narrow and with China buying more and more U.S. crude, it does have the possibility of flipping since really U.S. producers can and have the outlet to produce more and more and more while, you know, all these Brent countries are really being 
forced to produce less and less because they're kind of getting shoved out of this Asian market by U.S. producers. So a narrow spread indicates a tighter balance of supply and demand as the difference between Brent and WTI moves closer and closer to zero. That is exactly what the world is currently experiencing. On the technical side, new pipelines have increased connections around the U.S. to ease bottlenecks and allow more U.S. oil to reach its destination. With reduced domestic production in response to decreased demand during the global pandemic and historically low prices, the United States has experienced limited pipeline restrictions ensuring that there are fewer pipeline capacity issues forcing producers to cut those prices. So, as a result, easier and cheaper transportation has allowed for a WTI price support, and the spread is closed. It was further supported by the world unilaterally making historic production cuts in light of global demand destruction related to the pandemic. With the United States and OPEC controlling over 75% of the world's production, economic factors and output curves have helped to balance supply and demand. Geopolitical changes in the immediate future may tip the scales against Brent and put a premium on WTI crude oil. With the world's largest importer, China, importing WTI crude oil again, domestic market share has been boosted. As demand is taken away from many Middle Eastern and Brent-producing countries, this may put a premium on WTI crude in an attempt to make Brent more appealing to Asian market participants. And Tavis really just touched on this, but the upcoming elections, they're going to have a dramatic influence on these spreads between WTI and foreign Brent crude. The difference in benchmarks could be dramatically reduced or even reversed depending on if the United States is able to export more of its oil while also using it for domestic consumption. In this scenario, it's completely plausible that WTI may begin trading at a premium to Brent. On the contrary, if oil no longer leaves U.S. borders in favor of an immediate green future, the Brent WTI spread is going to blast open. Currently, technical and global supply-demand constraints are converging the spread between WTI and Brent after several years of separation, and in the near future, the impact of geopolitical issues does have the potential to flip the script in flavor of the lighter, sweeter WTI blend. And ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have for you this week, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Like always, if you didn't enjoy it, let us know. We love the feedback. You can leave us comments or send us an email at rarepetro, I lied, at podcast at <laughs> rarepetro.com. We would love to hear from you, and we'll see you all next week. Have a good one. <laughs>